Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَا not يُجَادِلُ He disputes. He does not dispute. In what? فِي آيَاتِ اللَّهِ Concerning the signs of Allah, the verses of Allah, إِلَّا except who الَّذِينَ kafaru Those who disbelieve. No one argues about the verses of Allah, debates the verses of Allah, except for those who deny. Yujadilu from jidal. What does jidal mean? Jidal is argument for the purpose of winning. Meaning the entire goal over here is to defeat the other group in that discussion. So a person doesn't really care about what's right and what's wrong. The purpose is to win. This is jidal. And jidal fi ayatillah concerning the verses of Allah. What does this mean? Debating the verses of Allah in order to deny them. How? That for example, one ayah is brought to counter another ayah. One ayah is brought to show that it contradicts another ayah. And what's the objective over here? To believe in the Qur'an, to further understand the Qur'an? No, to find faults in the Qur'an, to reject the Qur'an. It is to deny the haqq. This is the objective. In Surah Al-Kahf, Ayah 56, Allah says, وَيُجَادِلُوا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِالْبَاطِلِ لِيُدْحِضُوا بِهِ الْحَقِّ Those who deny, they argue, they debate through falsehood. They do jidal bil-batil. Why? لِيُدْحِضُوا بِهِ الْحَقِّ In order to reject the truth. So, مَا يُجَادِلُوا فِي آيَاتِ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا This behavior is of who? Those who deny. Meaning, Believers do not do this. What do believers do? They submit. What do they say? They say, آمَنَّا بِهِ كُلٌّ مِّنْ عِنْدِ رَبِّنَا They say, we believe in it, in all of it. All of this is from Allah. So even if it appears to me that one ayah, apparently it goes against what another ayah says, then there's a problem in my understanding, not that there's a problem in the Quran, because the Quran is from who? Al-Aziz Al-Alim. So, ma yujadilu fi ayati Allahi illa al-ladina kafaru. Fala so not yaghurka. It deceive you. Yaghurka gain ra ra gharra to deceive. Gharur gharur. We have done all these words before. So, fala yaghurka. Let it not deceive you. What should not deceive you? Taqallubuhum. Their movement. They're going to and fro. Fil bilad in the cities. Bilad is a plural of balad. And what does balad mean? City. So, la yaghrurka taqallubuhum fil bilad. Taqallub, qaf, lam, ba. Taqallub is the constant hmm? turning about. Qalb is from the same root. Qalb is the heart because does the heart stay the same? Does it? No way. It's amazing how within 30 minutes, we will have you know those moments when we're feeling so emotional. And then after a few minutes, it's different. Isn't it? One moment we're falling asleep, we're bored. And another moment, we're in, at another level. This is the reality of our heart. So taqallub, they're constant going back and forth, meaning they're constant travel in the cities. It should not deceive you. Whose? Of those who deny. 
of those who do jidal in the ayat of Allah. They go around freely within towns and then from one town to the other in security. They're welcome everywhere. They have the resources, the money to travel freely. They have so many friends and so many connections. They can go wherever they want, whenever they want. Even though they deny Allah's ayat? Yes. So don't be deceived by this. Meaning, their freedom in this world should not make you think that their actions are correct. Their freedom in this world, their wealthiness, their friends, their friendships, their security, their safety in this world should not make you think that they are upon the truth. No. They are upon falsehood because they are doing jidal with the ayat of Allah. They are denying the verses of Allah. You see, this ayah is primarily concerning the people of Makkah. Because on the one hand, they were denying the Prophet ﷺ. Whenever he would recite the Qur'an, and verses of, for example, the hereafter were mentioned, or some punishment were mentioned, they would say, bring the punishment. When is the hour going to be? Right? Whenever a story of maybe a previous Prophet was mentioned, they would say, well, Musa was given this and this miracle, where is your miracle? This is all jidal. Why would they do this? In order to... Reject. But at the same time, these same people are traveling to the north and the south in the winter and the summer and coming back home with so much, you know, profits, trade profits. They're traveling safely. They're coming home with so much money. And here the Muslims, terrified, constantly under attack. The Prophet ﷺ was not even safe in the city of Makkah. Isn't it? لا أقسم بهذا البلد وأنت بِهَذَا الْبَلَدِ He wasn't even safe in the city of Makkah. It's amazing. So then, it might appear that those who are safe are upon the truth and those who are in danger must be doing something wrong. No, not necessarily. So, we are reminded over here to not get deceived by the appearance. Now, we see over here that some people, they do jidal in the ayat of Allah. Right? They deny Allah's ayat, they debate concerning them. But remember when they do that, they do it on the basis of ignorance and misunderstanding. Because there is no contradiction in the book of Allah. There is nothing that is false in the book of Allah. In Surah Al-Hajj, ayah number 3, Allah says, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يُجَادِلُ فِي اللَّهِ بِغَيْرِ عِلْمٍ Amongst people is he who argues concerning Allah without any knowledge. We learned that Ibn Hajar, rahimahullah, great scholar, once he was going somewhere and he came across a non-Muslim man. And that man was in a very miserable condition. Very miserable. And Ibn Hajar, mashallah, Allah had blessed him with a lot of money. So he was wearing beautiful clothes. And here's this non-Muslim man who is in a very miserable condition. So this non-Muslim man, he said to Ibn Hajar, Your Prophet said that... The world is a prison for the believer. The world is a prison for the believer and a garden for the disbeliever. But look at you and look at me. You understand what he was saying? That if it's supposed to be a prison for you, how come your state is better than mine? He's doing jidal over here. He's trying to disprove the Prophet ﷺ. Alright? So Ibn Hajar, he said, that your condition right now is better than what it will be later. 
this is still Jannah for you compared to what will happen later. You understand? So that man, he understood and he accepted Islam. He accepted Islam. So anyway, what we learn from this is, and many other incidents also, that anytime somebody tries to find a fault within the book of Allah, then it's not the book of Allah which is wrong. The fault is here, in our understanding. You had a question? Yes, go ahead. Exactly. Generally also we think that how come Muslims all over the world, no matter where we go, they're suffering in one way or another. Right? So then this hadith makes it clear. Ad-dunya sijnul mu'min. Anyway, so what's the message of this ayah? Allah has sent this kitab. This kitab is perfect. And those who try to refute this kitab, who try to find faults in this kitab, no matter how successful they may be in worldly terms, do not get deceived by their intellectual arguments and their logic and their analyses. Don't get deceived by their freedom in this world. If despite rejecting Allah's ayat, they are fine in this life, remember that this enjoyment is little. In Surah Ali Imran, Ayah 196, we are taught, It is mata'un qalil. It is temporary, very little enjoyment. Because look at history. Kathabat, it denied. Qablahum, before them. Qawmunuhin, the people of Nuh. Wal-ahzabu. And the various groups, the various factions. Mimbardihim, after them. Ahzab is a plural of hizb. And we have done this word earlier. Meant by ahzab over here is that after Nuh salam's nation, there were so many people, so many groups that denied their prophets. So many that there are too many to list here. Suffice to say ahzab. Isn't that so? I mean we have learned in the Qur'an about so many different nations and there are only a fraction of how many there were in reality. So كَذَّبَتْ قَبْلَهُمْ قَوْمُ نُوحٍ وَالْأَحْزَابُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ and what happened? Wahammat. And it intended. Hamimim. Ham. Ham is to think deeply about something. It is to plan. Basically, ham is also to worry. To worry. When you're worried about something, do you think? Always thinking about what you're worried about. Isn't it? So it is to be worried, to think deeply, to plan. When something is very important to a person, so he's just thinking about it, this is ham. So, وَهَمَّتْ It intended كُلُّ أُمَّةٍ Every nation بِرَسُولِهِمْ With their messenger What is it that they intended and planned? And plotted? لِيَأْخُذُوهُ That they should seize him. Seize him as in kill him or harm him or imprison him. Every denying nation planned and plotted against their prophet in order to harm their prophet. Did they? Certainly they did. They tried killing their prophets. Right? The people of Sha'ib salam, for example, they decided to kill him. Even the people of Makkah, didn't they try to kill the Prophet ﷺ? They had this whole plan that everybody was going to go out at night, you know, surround his house, and when he comes out at night to go to the masjid to pray, 
together they will attack him. Right? And these people were from different tribes. So then the family of the Prophet ﷺ, the Banu Hashim in particular, they wouldn't be able to take revenge. So they would have to take blood money. And the mushrikeen said, we have so much money to give, we can easily give. This was a whole plot. So, وَهَمَّتْ كُلُّ أُمَّةٍ بِرَسُولِهِمْ And what else did they do? وَجَادَلُوا They also disputed. بِالْبَاطِلِ Through falsehood. They used falsehood, false arguments, not facts, to argue with their prophets. What was the objective? لِيُدْحِضُوا So that they would refute, they would invalidate, بِهِ Through it. Through what? Through their false arguments, through the batil. What would they invalidate? الْحَقَّ The truth. لِيُدْحِضُوا دَالْحَ ضَاد دَحْض Which is to slip. And إِدْحَاض is to make someone slip. So from this idhad is to disprove someone, refute them in an argument, invalidate them, so they have no basis left. Right? You refuted their proof, so now they have no proof. They have no argument. They have lost the argument. So the previous nations, they jadalu bil batil. They disputed through falsehood, meaning they used false arguments. In order to لِيُدْحِضُوا بِهِ الْحَقِّ In order to invalidate the truth. Meaning, they didn't really have facts. They didn't. They used falsehood to refute the truth. Let me give you an example. Fir'aun. What did he do? In order to refute Musa salam, when Musa salam came to his court and told him that Allah is the one who has sent me, right? The Rabb of Alameen. Right? رَبُّ السَّمَوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا And so on and so forth. He described Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What did Fir'aun do? Yes. When Musa alayhi salam showed the miracles, Fir'aun said, it is magic. Right? When all the magicians were defeated, what did he say? It's a whole plot. This is all a scheme. In fact, he's your teacher. He's your leader. Right? Musa salam is telling him about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fir'aun says, Ya Haman, O Haman, build a fort for me. Let me go up to the skies and see where exactly is the God of Musa. I want to see him. I have heard that he's above. So let me go up and see. Now all of this mockery and false accusations, right? Judging Musa salam's intentions, blaming him, accusing him of some conspiracy that you have come here to topple my throne over. Right? You've come here to take over our great society. All of these false accusations, did they have any basis to them? It was all batil. It was all false. But he used it in order to deny the truth. But what happened? What was the result? فَأَخَذْتُهُمْ So I seized them all. فَكَيْفَ كَانَ عِقَابِي So how was my penalty? Meaning it was terrible. So in this ayah, the Prophet ﷺ is reassured. That the messengers who came before, their nations also denied, they plotted, they tried to invalidate the truth, they used many ways to refute their prophets, but what happened at the end? Victory was for who? For the prophets of Allah. So do not feel weak. Be strong. وَكَذَلِكَ And thus, meaning because of such persistent and blatant disbelief on the part of these people, what happened? حَقَّتْ كَلِمَةُ رَبِّكَ it was justified. Kalimatu Rabbik, the word of your Lord, meaning the word of punishment, the decree of punishment, against who? Alaladina kafaru, against those people who denied. What was that decree? What was that kalima? That annahum ashabun nar.
that they would be of the companions of the fire. Because Allah is ghafir al-dhamb. He is qabil al-tawb. Allah sent messengers. But these people persisted on their denial. So what happened? Allah is shadeed al-iqab. He is severe in penalty. Al-ladheena, those who, yahmiluna, they carry al-arsha, the throne. Waman and those who, hawlahu, are around it. Meaning those who are around the throne. So firstly, the carriers of the throne, and secondly, those who are around the throne. Which throne? The real throne. The best throne. Arsh al-Majid, Arsh al-Azim, Arsh al-Kareem. The Arsh of Allah, the Exalted, which is the largest creation of Allah. And who are those that carry the Arsh? And who are those that are around the Arsh? It is the angels. The angels. And these angels are known as the Hamalatul Arsh, the carriers of the throne of Allah. And some scholars, they also refer to these angels as Al-Karubiyun. Al-Karubiyun. It's not mentioned in hadith, but some scholars have referred to these mighty angels as Al-Karubiyun. Because these angels, they are the nearest angels to Allah. In Surah Al-Haqqah, ayah number 17, we learn, وَيَحْمِلُ عَرْشَ رَبِّكَ فَوْقَهُمْ يَوْمَئِذٍ ثَمَانِيَةٍ On the Day of Judgment, Eight angels will carry the throne of Allah. And those angels that are around it, meaning those who are doing tawaf, those who are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, around the throne. These angels, who are they? What do they do? Allah says, يُسَبِّحُونَ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهِمْ They do tasbih with the praise of their Lord. They exalt they declare the perfection of Allah because that's the meaning of tasbih, to declare perfection. But how do they do that? By mentioning the praise of their Lord. So they exalt Allah constantly, continuously by mentioning His most perfect attributes. They say, Subhanallah wa bihamdihi and other words of tasbih and hamd. So if these angels are busy constantly glorifying and praising their Lord, will we not do so? The quality of those who are nearest to Allah is that they glorify and praise Allah. So if we want to be amongst those who are close to Allah, near Allah, then we also have to do tasbih and tahmeed of Allah the Exalted. In Surah Fussilat, Ayah 38, Allah says, If these people are arrogant, then no big deal. Those servants who are near your Lord, they glorify Him by night and by day, and they do not get tired. So what do these angels do? يُسَبِّحُونَ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهِمْ And وَيُؤْمِنُونَ بِهِ And they also believe in Him. Believe in who? These angels believe in Allah. Well, of course they should believe in Allah. After all, they are the carriers of His throne. They are nearest to Him. They are around His throne. Why wouldn't they believe? But why is this mentioned? You see, believing doesn't just mean believing in the existence of something. 
You understand? Believing in Allah doesn't just mean believing that Allah exists. Because even Iblis knows that Allah exists. But his knowledge does not qualify as Iman. You understand? Believing in Allah means knowing that Allah is true. His word is true. His decree is true. His promise is true. His reward is true. The punishment that he has threatened with is true. His judgment, his command is true. And so, what should I do? If I believe that He is true and everything He has decided is true and everything He has decreed is true and everything that He has judged is true, meaning it is haq, it is absolutely correct, it is definitely going to happen, then what does that mean? What should I do? Submit and surrender. I should submit and surrender. I should do what my Lord wants me to do. I should show servitude to Him. So iman is... Not just tasdiq. It is not just to confirm the truthfulness of something, but it is also qubul. It is also acceptance. It is also idhan. It is also submission. Surrender. So these angels, they believe in Him. They believe in Allah. They have faith in their Lord. They trust their Lord. They know Him to be true. They know that His promises, His warnings are true. Nothing is in vain. So then what do they do? وَيَسْتَغْفِرُونَ And they seek forgiveness. These angels, they seek forgiveness. From who? From Allah. For who? For their sins? Angels don't sin. Because they don't have that choice. Then who is it that they seek forgiveness for? لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا For those people who have believed. Allah is غَافِرِ الذَّنْبِ and the angels that are nearest to Allah, they yastaghfiruna lilladina amanu. They seek forgiveness for people who believe. They intercede for the believers. What do they say? They say, Rabbana, O our Lord, wasirta, you have encompassed. Kulla shay'in, every single thing, rahmatan in mercy. Meaning everything is encompassed by your mercy. There is nothing except that it has been touched by your mercy. Everything has been affected by your mercy. Wa and also knowledge. Meaning there is nothing that escapes your knowledge. Everything is within your knowledge. Faghfir. Therefore, forgive. Meaning since you are the most merciful and you are all-knowing of the imperfections and the mistakes of your servants, but you are also most merciful, فَغْفِرْ Therefore, forgive. Forgive who? لِلَّذِينَ تَابُوا For those people who have repented. For those servants of yours who have repented to you, who feel bad about what they have done, they're abandoning their sins and they're taking steps towards you. Oh Allah, forgive them. Tabu, those who have obeyed you, those who have brought good change in themselves. Wattabaru sabilak, ittabaru, ittibar, to follow. So on the one hand, they have repented. On the other hand, now they follow your way, meaning the way that you have legislated. The commands that you have given. So in other words, they obey you. Forgive them, O Allah. 
وَقِهِمْ And save them, protect them from عذاب الجحيم From the punishment of hell. Save them from that punishment. Why do they say this? Because they know that their Lord is true. They know that His promises are true. What do we see in this ayah? What a great fortune iman and amal salih is. What a great treasure faith is. And good deeds are. Because when a person has iman, then we see that from the largest creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the smallest creatures of Allah, this entire creation, what is it doing? It is praying for the person who has iman. Because these angels, the Hamalatul Arsh, what kind of angels are they? We learn in a hadith, this is in Abu Dawood, the Prophet ﷺ said that I have been allowed to tell you about one of Allah's angels who bears the throne. Meaning one of the bearers of the throne, one of the carriers of the throne, I've been told to describe him to you. And what is that description? That the distance between the lobe of his ear and his shoulder. So you know where you wear your earring, typically? That's the lobe of your ear. To your shoulder. This distance is a journey of 700 years. This is the size of that angel. This mighty creature, huge, massive creature, what does he get in return from the believer? What does he care from the believer who's living all the way on planet earth? What's he going to get in return? Why is he doing this? Why is he making dua to Allah? And not just one angel, but all of the carriers of the throne, and all of the angels that surround. Because... They care for those who have iman. They love those who have iman in Allah. And this is why they make dua for those who have iman. What dua in particular? That, oh Allah, forgive them. Forgive them their sins. Accept their repentance. Then we learn in hadith about even the fish in the sea and the ants in their holes. Such tiny creatures they make dua for who? For those who are involved with beneficial knowledge. So from the biggest creatures to the smallest creatures, what are they doing? Making dua for those who have iman. Iman is a great fortune. It's a great treasure. It's a great favor from Allah. You see, we ask people to make dua. Pray for me, pray for me. Remember me in your duas. But we see that if a person is true in his iman, then it's the angels that are closest to Allah that will make dua for him. Then the angels will befriend him. The angels will care about him. In a hadith we learn that the carriers of the throne, the Hamalatul Arsh, are eight. And they respond to one another in a beautiful soft voice. Meaning they take turns in praising and glorifying Allah. Four of them say, Subhanaka wa bihamdika ala hilmika barda ilmika. Perfect are you, and all praise is for you. For your hilm, your tolerance, ala ilmika, barda ilmika, after your knowledge, meaning you know the sins that your servants commit, still you are halim. You are so tolerant that you don't punish them immediately. 
Subhanaka wa bihamdika. And then the other four angels, they respond. They say, Subhanaka wa bihamdika ala afwika barda kudratika. Glory be to you and praise be to you for the fact that you pardon after you have ability. Meaning you have the ability to punish your servants, but still you pardon them. So the angels, they take turns. They're glorifying Allah, and at the same time they're praising Allah, and at the same time they're seeking forgiveness for the believers. Because they believe in Allah, and the people who believe in Allah, what's common between them? Belief. It is iman. And real iman is something that builds a connection of sincerity, of well-wishing, of concern, of genuine love. True iman develops love and friendship. So one wants good for the other, even if he gets nothing in return. Even if he gets nothing in return. This is what iman does to a person. Why would the angels pray for people? What do they get in return? Nothing. But it's the fact that the believers have iman because of which the angels are making dua. In Surah Muhammad, ayah 19 also we learn, the Prophet ﷺ is instructed, وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكَ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ Seek forgiveness for your sins and also for the sins of the believing men and the believing women. Seek forgiveness for them because they have iman. In Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah 126, we learn about Ibrahim salam. وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ جَعَلْ هَذَا بَلَدًا آمِنًا وَارْزُقْ أَهْلَهُ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ مَنْ آمَنَ مِنْهُمْ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ Even Ibrahim made dua for those who believe. So this is what Iman does. It develops real love. It develops real friendship. Even though the two have never met each other. Even though the two never benefit from each other. But it's the Iman. You see Tawheed. It unites us. It unites us. It keeps us together. Belief in Allah. It unites us. So the angels, they say, فَاغْفِرْ لِلَّذِينَ تَابُوا وَاتَّبَعُوا سَبِيلَكَ وَقِهِمْ عَذَابَ الْجَحِيمِ And save them from the punishment of hell. رَبَّنَا O our Lord وَأَدْخِلْهُمْ And also admit them. Meaning the angels, they make this dua also. That, O Allah, Admit these believing servants of yours where Jannati Adnin in the gardens of eternity. Which gardens? Allati Wa'attahum that which you have promised them. You have promised them that for their iman and for their amal salih you will admit them into Jannah. Again we see the angels are interceding. They are requesting for the believers, even though the believers never really submitted that application to the angels. You understand? That, oh angels, you're so close to Allah, you carry the throne of Allah, can you make dua for me? No. No. This is the thing, right? You make Allah the center of your love, and the love in the creation will come itself. You know that hadith that when Allah loves a servant, then Allah calls Jibreel, and Allah tells him, I love this servant, you love him too. So Jibreel loves him. And then Jibreel announces amongst the rest of the angels, Allah loves him, I love him, you love him too. So this is what happens. This is why the person who loves Allah truly, and Allah loves him, is the richest person. 
ربنا وادخلهم جنات عدن التي وعدتهم admit them into jannah you have promised them Women and also those who, meaning also admit those people in Jannah. Which people in Jannah? Salaha. Man Salaha. The one who was righteous. Min abaihim from among their fathers. Wa azwajihim and their spouses. Wa dhurriyatihim and their children. Fathers, spouses and children of who? Of those who believe. Of those who have repented. In other words, join them with their families in Jannah. إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ Indeed, you, O Allah, alone are Aziz, Almighty, Hakim, Allwise. These angels pray for the believers. But they also pray for the families of these believers. Because when you truly love and respect somebody, then you honor their family also. You honor their family also. You honor those whom they love also. And if we claim to love somebody, but we have immense hatred or dislike for those who are closest to them, maybe their mother or their father or their brother or their sister, then there's a problem in that love. You understand? Because many times a person will claim, oh, you know what, I just love my husband. I love him so much that I just don't like it when he sits with his mother or when he sits with his sister. That's not love. I'm sorry to say that's not love because if you love him, you've got to love his mother because he loves his mother. You understand what I'm saying? Real love is that when you love somebody, you love those who are attached to them also. And this is why the angels make dua for the believers, but not just the believers, the righteous of their families also, that keep them together. Unite them in Jannah. Unite them in Jannah. You see, the Prophet ﷺ, did he love Khadija anha? Definitely he did. So much so that when Khadija anha passed away, whenever he would slaughter an animal, he would send the meat to who? Khadija anha's friends. Her friends. When her sister would come, the Prophet would, you know, you could see the surprise or the happiness on his face because she would remind him of Khadija anha. Then we see that the Sahaba would go to visit Umm Ayman. Why? Because Umm Ayman, she looked after the Prophet when he was young. Umm Ayman, was very close to the Prophet ﷺ. So even after the Prophet ﷺ died, they would go and visit her. Because they loved her, because of their love for the Prophet ﷺ. So something similar here. The angels ask, Oh Allah, bring the believers with their families together in Jannah. So that they may find delight in one another in neighboring dwellings. They may enjoy happiness together. In Surah At-Tur, Ayah 21, Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَاتَّبَعَتْهُمْ ذُرِّيَّتُهُمْ بِإِيمَانٍ أَلْحَقْنَا بِهِمْ ذُرِّيَّتُهُمْ وَمَا أَلَتْنَاهُمْ مِنْ عَمَلِهِمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ كُلُّمْ رِئِمْ بِمَا كَسَبَ رَهِيمٍ The message of the ayah, same, that those who are righteous and their children, their families are also the same, then they will be together in Jannah. So the angels make this dua. They say, وَقِهِمْ And O oh Allah, 
Aqihim, save them, protect them from what? Asayyat, from the evils. Plural of the word sayyia. And what does this mean? Evils, as in evil sins, bad deeds. Protect them from committing bad deeds. Save them. Don't let them fall into error. And asayyat also means consequences of their deeds, evil consequences of their deeds. Protect them. Waman and whoever. Taqi, you save from asayyat, from the evil consequences. Over here, asayyat is evil consequences, meaning punishment. Yawma idin, on that day, which day? The day of judgment. If a person is saved from punishment on the day of judgment, then فَقَدْ رَحِمْتَهُ Then certainly, O oh Allah, you have given him mercy. You have shown mercy to that servant. If a person is punished on the day of judgment, then he has been deprived of Allah's mercy. And if a person is forgiven, saved from punishment on that day, then he has truly received Allah's mercy. وَذَلِكَ هُوَ الْفَوْزُ الْعَظِيمُ And that is definitely the great success. That is the great attainment. Because فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ the one who is saved from hellfire, admitted into Jannah, then that person is successful. Recitation. مَا يُجَادِلُ فِي آيَاتِ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فَلَا يَغْرُرْكَ تَقَلُّبُهُمْ فِي الْبِلَادِ كَذَّبَتْ قَبْلَهُمْ قَوْمُ نُوحٍ وَالْأَحْزَابُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ وَهَمَّتْ كُلُّ أُمَّةٍ بِرَسُولِهِمْ لِيَأْخُذُوهُ وَجَادَلُوا بِالْبَاطِلِ لِيُدْحِضُوا بِهِ الْحَقَّ فَأَخَذْتُهُمْ فَكَيْفَ كَانَ عِقَابٍ وَكَذَلِكَ حَقَّتْ كَلِمَةُ رَبِّكَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَنَّهُمْ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ الَّذِينَ يَحْمِلُونَ الْعَرْشَ وَمَنْ حَوْلَهُ يُسَبِّحُونَ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهِمْ وَيُؤْمِنُونَ بِهِ وَيَسْتَغْفِرُونَ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا رَبَّنَا وَسِعْتَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ رَحْمَةً وَعِلْمًا فَاغْفِرْ لِلَّذِينَ تَابُوا فَاغْفِرْ لِلَّذِينَ تَابُوا وَاتَّبَعُوا سَبِيلَكَ وَقِهِمْ عَذَابَ الْجَحِيمِ رَبَّنَا وَأَدْخِلْهُمْ جَنَّاتِ عَدْنٍ الَّتِي وَعَدْتَهُمْ وَمَنْ صَلَحَ مِنْ آبَائِهِمْ وَأَزْوَاجِهِمْ وَذُرِّيَّاتِهِمْ إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ وَقِهِمُ السَّيِّئَاتِ وَمَنْ تَقِ السَّيِّئَاتِ يَوْمَئِذٍ فَقَدْ رَحِمْتَهُ وَذَلِكَ هُوَ الْفَوْزُ الْعَظِيمُ So then who are the real friends of believers? Huh? Angels. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَا اللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا تَتَنَزَّلُ عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ أَلَّا تَخَافُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا وَأَبْشِرُوا بِالْجَنَّةِ الَّتِي كُنْتُمْ تُوَعَدُونَ نَحْنُ أَوْلِيَاءُكُمْ 
فل حیات دنیا و فل آخر سو ڈونٹ سے آئی ہیو نو فرینڈس اوکے اسٹرائیو ٹو امپروو یور ایمین اینڈ انکریز ان یور رائٹسنیس اینڈ بی گلیڈ یو گاٹ دا بیسٹ فرینڈس یو گاٹ دا بیسٹ فرینڈس یو ناٹ الون So much so that in a hadith we learned that when a Muslim prays for his brother in his absence, the angel says, Ameen, and may you have the same. You make dua for others? Well, I pray that you have this good thing. This is how much angels love believers. Assalamu alaikum. Sometimes when we see uh, someone is like rashes or scholars, so like as you said, we're running to ask them for making dua for us or in messaging or stuff. So it's not that mean now you're running after angels. Oh, angels, please make dua for me. You don't need to run after angels and ask them because if you have strong iman, angels will make it dua for you and your family. So it's not, oh, angels, please make dua. Exactly. Yes, go ahead. You just mentioned that if you love your husband, you, it's natural to love the family. It's opposite also, it's vice versa also. My own daughter's mother-in-law, she loves her so much, she announces it, she says many times, this is the wife of my son, I love her. And now in return, my own daughter loves them more than me. <laughs> she said, I am happy in my in-laws. I want to live there, I want to live my in-law with my mother-in-law. She's so Masha. good, mashallah, mashallah. So a good lesson for everybody here that, you know, whether we are in the position of being daughter-in-law or mother-in-law or any other relationship, you love somebody, love those who they love as well. You wanted to say something? You hate the people who loves your husband. I don't yeah. know why it's why Yeah, or sometimes it's also the opposite. I mean, as long as the child is young, right? Somebody loves your child, you're so happy. Somebody loves my child. And what happens when a woman becomes a mother-in-law? A daughter-in-law comes and it's as if she's an enemy. So regardless of who we are in a relationship, as a mother or as a daughter, whoever we are, it's just an important lesson for us that if we claim to truly love someone, then we must love those whom they love. 